I took action, applied every single bismol you could think of about selling products online until I've got to the very refined, um, more legit business strategy that I'm at today. Welcome back to Young Smart Money. My name's Apple Crater and I'm your host. In this episode, we're talking with somebody who is doing really, really big things. He's already done extremely huge things. His name is Bo Crable and he is actually the youngest winner of the uh, ClickFunnels 2 Comic Club Award. And if you guys aren't familiar with A, what ClickFunnels is and B, what the 2 Comic Club Award is, basically ClickFunnels is a sales funnel software that allows you to create basically like the process that goes all the way from like an email lead magnet all the way to uh, closing you on some kind of online product, maybe a course, maybe a, a membership site or, or whatever. And the 2 Comic Club Award basically means that he made over a million dollars from one single series of web pages. okay? So this guy knows what he's doing. He, he teaches people how to do, sell on Amazon FBA as well. So we get into a little bit of the online selling e-commerce side of things. We get a little bit into the sales side of things and how he was able to create this sales funnel that brought in over a million dollars. And mind you, that's selling a digital product. So that is a million dollars with very, very high profit margins. Okay. So this guy knows what he's doing. He knows business and he's also 20 years old. Okay, guys. So this is a, a power packed interview. Okay. You're going to get a ton of valuable takeaways out of this. So without further ado, sit back and enjoy this interview with Bo Crable. If you guys aren't yet subscribed to Young Smart Money, what are you doing? You need to go over. You need to pull out your phone if you're walking the dog if you're if you're i don't even know what you're doing go to the gym uh, pull out your phone tap that subscribe button and leave us a five star review as well if you're getting a lot of value out of these episodes which i know you are because we have some amazing amazing guests already and coming up in the near future so without further ado enjoy this interview with bo crable all right bo welcome to young smart money how are you doing today i'm doing great how about you I am doing just fantastic. So, Bo, for our audience that isn't familiar with who you are and what you're all about, can you give us like a 30-second to a one-minute intro on basically what you do and, and what you're all about? Yeah, so pretty much what's important for people watching is how I make money is I sell products on Amazon, and I also teach people on how to sell products on Amazon. Um, and that is about it. That's probably the quickest intro I could get. All right, sounds good to me. How long have you been doing that for approximately? So how I got started with selling on Amazon is I actually started flipping socks and selling socks on eBay at the age of 12. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I was lucky enough that my father taught me how to like list products on eBay when <laughs> I was like nine, 10 years old. So I, I knew how to list things on eBay at a very young age, but I'll get into the story right now. So in middle school, I was middle school at the time, 12, um, Nike came out with these socks called Nike Elite Socks. They were oh, yeah. like, yeah, pair $12 socks, people listening to this probably wear some. I still wear a lot of them. <laughs> and when they first came out with them, they were pretty new. They didn't have a lot of, a, a lot of colors at all. Mm -hmm. um, so what I did is I actually decided to dye the socks different colors. Oh. Um, it, it's actually kind of funny. I uh, stole the idea from uh, this girl that I actually ended up dating. So I wasn't <laughs> really the one that took the original idea. I saw her dyeing the socks. I was like, oh, that's a pretty good idea because she was just doing it for herself. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to start dyeing the socks different colors. And then I sold them to kids at school for probably about tw or twice as much. So I'd Buy them for 12, go to Joanne's for like 50 cents of coloring dye, and yep. sell them for 24. But then I was at a public school, and my teacher said, you can't be doing that at school, and you can't be collecting money on school grounds. <laughs> so they stopped me there. But what, what I did is like, okay, I know how to list things on eBay, because at a young age, my dad taught me how to list things on eBay. So yeah. I posted them on eBay, and I was just surprised on how well they were doing. Just immediately, I was doing a couple thousand dollars per month wow. on eBay, which like, yeah, it was cool that I was making that kind of money at that young of an age. But the most important thing is that I realized that there is money to be made by selling products online. So pretty much from that day forward, I took action, applied every single bismol you could think of about selling products online until I've got to the very refined, um, more legit business strategy that I'm at today. So. 
Wow. That's wild. That is really, really cool that you started at such a young age. I mean, most people that I talked to didn't get started before even the age of 16. So being 12 years old and making a couple thousand dollars a month by selling socks online, that's a really, that's a huge, huge deal. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, it was, I definitely bit of luck, right timing and just taking action on it. But yeah, I was pretty excited for it. Yeah. So, so from there, where, where did that lead you to? So what was the next sort of thing that, that, that you went to after selling these socks? Yeah. So I'd say the rest of middle school and I would say early years of high school. So probably my freshman and early, like first part of uh, sophomore year, mm-hmm. I wasn't, I would say too serious about selling online, but it was more just like a, a fun hobby for me that it made me money. Yeah. But I was just kind of dabbling in where I would buy, when I first off, I started trading a bunch of products on Craigslist. So I would literally start with like some random stuff that I had in my house. I would post on Craigslist. I would barter back and forth between (laughs) people. So I would literally try to like trade a pair of shoes for like a PSP uh, console and then trade up and up and up and up. Wow. Um, How I got this idea, there was like a show. It's called like Barter Wars or something like that. I was like, oh, I think Mm -hmm. I could go do that. Um, and actually a couple of examples, I literally started with a pair of $50, like Nike Kobe fives that were like, okay. and traded all the way up to like the new iPhone at the time. It was the iPhone 4S and wow, I got that, just <laughs> sold it. Um, it took a lot of time on that stuff, but that was kind of cool. So I did that for probably about six months. And then I got into actually buying stuff in bulk from China. Mm-hmm. Um, so some things I would buy, was like Kandamas, which actually I have a couple of roommates in my house right now that play with these things now. But what I did was literally go to dhgate.com. I would buy these Kandamas for a dollar and sell them on eBay for like nine to 10 bucks. Uh, did that for a little bit started. I mean, actually then I just started buying socks from like outlet stores, like Nike elite socks at outlet stores as is, and just flipping them on eBay. Wow. Um, so I did a lot of just weird hustling things. I was selling phone cases um, until probably I would say, you know, like my sophomore year of high school where then I really started to take it seriously, mm-hmm. where I was kind of introduced to selling name brand products in bulk, which is what I do today. Mm-hmm. So what I started to do is I would go to wholesalers and distributors. I would buy products in bulk from them of regular products you would see like at normal stores like Target, yeah. Walmart, Costco, GameStop, et cetera. And then I would buy in quantities from there and just sell, buy low and sell high pretty much. Where'd you get that idea to go for so, like actual name brand products? Yeah. So I actually had a friend who was selling um, on Amazon. So he actually introduced me to selling on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And so when he just introduced me to selling on Amazon, I just did what I was doing my eBay business because I was doing a lot of things what people called arbitrage where you're going to retail stores and flipping things on those lines. Sure. Um, then I also had the condoms at the time of the phone cases and had some like SD cards. So I transitioned everything I knew what I was doing on eBay over in Amazon. And then what happened is eight months later, I actually got suspended on Amazon because I found out very shortly is that you're not allowed to do things what you can do on eBay on Amazon. Mm. So it's uh, yeah. <laughs> that made me kind of learn the hard way where, because then Amazon sent me a um, email saying you, we need an invoice from your authorized supplier. I'm like, okay, mm. what's an authorized supplier? <laughs> um, so I started researching and actually I just like told my father about it. Cause I was like, Hey, um, so this money that I've been bringing in, like, cause at the time I, I mean, technically the Amazon account was under his name because you can't be, um, under 18 and have an Amazon account. I was like, mm-hmm. so I'm going to have some funds that are just, uh, in there for 90 days and won't get back from Amazon. So told him about that. And then he brought up an idea. He was like, well, I used to like uh, run a coffee shop and used to go to these things called trade shows. 
uh, which at trade shows it's pretty much it's business to business where there's retailers and pretty much suppliers meeting together. And it's like, why don't you find a retail goods uh, trade show? So then found a couple of those. And that's where I kind of got my foot into the door of buying stuff in bulk. Hmm. So do you, you said you did a little bit of like buying like bulk from China and that stuff I'm assuming wasn't name brand. No, yeah, that was not name brand. So that technically it would be called private label. So mm-hmm. I would buy these Kandamas. I would put my own name brand on. It wasn't anything special. It was a lot easier back in the day when like no one was really doing it. I would yeah. buy foam cases, um, like different types of like uh, SD cards, phone, uh, like screen protectors and things of those lines. So yeah, those were just generic, uh, no brand products. Okay. And I'm assuming you found a lot more success in the name brand stuff, which is why you've stuck with it longer. Is that true? Uh, yeah. So what I most likely found is that this is actually a scalable business because I would say everything that I was doing in middle school and high school, which was again, more of like a hobby. I was yeah. more focused on, um, being a really competitive runner, track runner in high school mm-hmm. where I ended up getting division one scholarship. So I wasn't wow. really focused on like my whole business. Um, but then what I realized is I started to kind of figure out how can I take it to the next level? Because I mean, by the time I was, um, a refreshment in high school, I had a lot of money to sit in my hands. Yeah. I was never spent anything, um, saved everything. So which people listen to this yet. Yeah, I mean, not spending your money on stupid stuff and saving it is good, but a better thing is to invest into something. So that's when I started to really learn about like investing to it and kind of understanding that about passive income and um, the value of your time. So then when I got into this business model, I realized, okay, I am selling more products and I'm not spending more time. The, the big problem I had in my eBay business, which when I was a freshman, sophomore, I was doing really well in my eBay business. I was mm-hmm. gross sales of 60K a month. Wow. But I was running, uh, okay, my sophomore year, I ended up running like 60 something miles per week, but I was running a bunch of miles a week. Um, I was still playing basketball at the time. So I was technically three sport athlete for cross country basketball and track. Wow. Had a girlfriend at the time and was, I mean, I was still somehow able to get like six hours of sleep, but like, <laughs> oh my God pretty dang busy person at that time. And I wasn't really, what I was thinking is like, okay, there's no way I can carry this business on once I graduate. Yeah. Like I can't take this into college. I can't do this. So I need to find something that I can do that. Which then once I got introduced to this business model, I was like, this is what it feels like to be a legit business, I would say. And this is something I can actually do at scale. So that's why I really stuck with it. And it just was, I guess almost not like, it's probably easier and it's like just more scalable. And yeah. Exactly. And, and like the, the little stuff, like the eBay stuff, you can definitely do that starting out. That's a great way to like make some starter capital. But once yeah. you have that initial money, you need to start thinking about investing your money instead of your time because time is a limited resource and money is not as, as finite. So that's a, I think that's a really good point that you brought up for our listeners to, to really keep that in mind. And at some point, you're going to have to think about focusing more on your time rather than the money that you're investing into things. So I think that's huge. Yeah, very true. Because you're either you don't have money or you have time. Yep, so yep. if you, if you don't have both, then you need to reevaluate what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So a question that I've been asking a lot of my guests lately is first of all, do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? Um, I mean, ever since I've young, I've always thought of ways to make a dollar. I guess I'm more of like a hustler. Okay. Um, I'm definitely, I guess, transitioning into investor, but I mean, I, I guess so. I, I sometimes don't really put the term on, but I, I say I would guess so. What do you, what do you consider to be the definition of the term entrepreneur for you? And how does that differ from something like hustler or investor? Oh yeah. So I would say entrepreneur is someone who creates things. Okay. Um, 
with employees, people, and really just goes out into the market and creates something. Um, I would say investor is, I mean, kind of a fine line, right? Because I guess yeah. investor, they could invest into entrepreneurs. They mm-hmm. could be an entrepreneur themselves, investing into themselves, investing into their employees, et cetera. Um, investor, I just see more as of you're putting things that are passive. Um, being an entrepreneur, it's definitely probably more active, more um, sometimes self-employed and or maybe having other employees. Hustler, I would say, is someone who doesn't have a legit I would say legit business is that they have a promotion mm-hmm. um, and not a business. Uh, for example, probably about probably about 16 months ago, uh, one of my mentors of mine like got on the phone with me, and it was kind of when I was doing very well, um, making a pretty good amount of money. But he said, "Bo, you have a promotion. You don't have a business," and mm-hmm. that really hit me right there. I was like, "Okay, yeah, I am making pretty good money," and a lot of people would say I'm a business owner, but there's nothing steady with this. Um, so I would say a hustler would be someone where it's not steady that they don't know what's going to happen. Like if they got hit by a car that their income will be a 10th of whatever, what they're getting in a, a month from now. So I would say that's the difference between a hustler and an entrepreneur is the consistency steadiness. Very interesting. Very interesting. I like that a lot. And, and since you brought a mentor of yours, it sounds like your father was, was definitely someone who had a big impact on you starting yeah. out. But can you talk a little bit about the role that mentors have had on you throughout your come up and throughout building this, this business and, and this, this sort of, I don't even know how to, how to describe it, but what you have right now. Yeah. So I was definitely lucky enough to have a pretty good father. And like, I know sometimes people would assume things online, like, oh, your father gave everything. It's like, actually, no, I employ my father today. Wow. And my uh, father, like, he was an entrepreneur at one point, and then he failed a lot, and then mm-hmm. had success and failed a lot. So when I was growing up, like, I saw him have huge fails and pretty much ended up getting a job for the majority of his life that I saw growing up. But I saw the huge failures when I was young, because I, um, I saw him with a good passion. I love my dad, everything on those lines. Um, but when he was an entrepreneur and was getting into his, the things he was doing with his coffee business and this, uh, gene wise company, he met some pretty successful people, which that he knew that, okay, one day, like, this is what he was pretty much saying. He was like, one day I'm going to do something with those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so then whatever my dad from probably when I was in middle school from whatever the recession until, um, uh, last year until I pretty much told him you need to stop working your job, just work for me. <laughs> um, he had a job. So, but as soon as I left college, so I guess I should probably bring this up now. So as I was a junior and senior in high school, I was or sophomore junior in high school. I was really serious into track. Yeah. Um, I used to play football and then I realized I didn't really like football and I knew I was pretty good at uh, track. So I tried out for track, did very well. And long story short, like End up getting Division One scholarship, ran a 422 mile my junior year. Wow! Um, I was actually injured my entire senior year of a track, which actually I think uh, pushed me pretty hard to scale my business because I was sitting there and I was got injured. I mean, I was literally running 80 to 90 mile weeks, which is a good thing. Like wow. sometimes you, you can overdo it, yeah. which is why I was injured for an entire year. But I was lucky enough to run good times my uh, junior year to like land me um, some several scholarships and interest at schools. But pretty much worked really hard every single day um, to go to the school called Pepperdine University. That was my goal and ran the times my junior year. And whatever my senior year, I signed my letter of intent, got a scholarship to a $70,000 a year school, Pepperdine University on the beach in Malibu, California. So it's pretty much nothing to complain about. <laughs> yeah. uh, so my entire, entire senior year got injured and I was like, okay, I've spent the last 12 months doing pretty much nothing 
Um, but running every single day, thinking about running, probably thinking about running when I'm sleeping and doing this whole selling products. I'm kind of on the side really. Mm -hmm. And then I got injured. I was like, what else can I go do? I was like this, I have nothing else to do. So pretty much every day from there, I said, okay, I don't know anything else that I can do. So I'm just going to grow my business. So, I mean, uh, my grade point average went from, I, I was getting like a 3.7 my first three years. And then I said, okay, I'm just going to focus on my Amazon business and I'm getting like a 1.8 my senior year. Wow. But that's just because every single day I was like, okay, focus on growing my Amazon business and all this stuff right here. Um, so it, in the long run, I guess it worked out. I'm kind of happy I got injured because I wouldn't have grown my business at that rate. But pretty much, okay, so sign about Laravel 10. My plan is going to Pepperdine University in the fall. I'm training really hard in the summer. I finally got healthy around the spring. Um, and running really good times, really good miles and doing very well. And as my entire focus is run at Pepperdine or our goal is to become a professional runner, et cetera, and got to Pepperdine. And as this time, my business is doing very well. I actually just started up my YouTube channel, probably had like three or four videos at the time and, um, realized very shortly that being an athlete at a division one school is a full-time job and sub, yeah. um, got to the campus and it was during just uh, preseason training. So classes weren't even there. And like, it was just crazy how much time it really took it. Like it was obviously it was more challenging. That wasn't really the hard part, but just like wake up, run for two hours, spend an hour with the team and you have to recover and do that. And literally I was like, pretty much what I thought I was like, okay, I either have two choices. I need to leave my business and not pursue it right now. And hopefully in four years, it, I can go resume it. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I can, quit school and quit college. Um, I did not care about school at all. I literally actually told my uh, track coach at Pepperdine, who is actually one of the biggest reasons why I went to Pepperdine is the track coach there was actually an entrepreneur. Um, he actually does, he's actually a coach in, at Tony Robbins events. So when really? Tony Robbins, yeah. So when Tony Robbins does seminars, they break out into like these groups and there's like these coaches um, and my coach rad uh, radnodi or rob radnodi he was one of the coaches there um for the tony robbins event so i connected very well with him and i pretty much told him yeah i'm going to pepperdine just to run track i'm not here to do school so yeah. i'm just gonna get a basic business degree um i think people can definitely do well or by going to school in some aspects but i mean for me i just knew i could care less about school so um it's pretty hard decision when i was deciding do i want to leave school and running, which running, I put so much effort into it, so much work and had a huge passion for it is what I really love. Yeah. Or do I also leave my business where I've put in so much time, so much effort in my passion? And I was like, I was just thinking to myself, well, what would I regret more? Um, actually, someone asked me this question yesterday. I was like, okay, what would I regret more? And I was like, well, I mean, it's four years in college. Um, and yeah. Do I have a chance to become a professional athlete? Maybe, but I've had issues with being injured. If I get injured, then I'm get regretted a bunch. And I said, I'm going to regret not pursuing my business more. So mm. literally I went to college technically for five days and left. Didn't even take one. It wasn't even one class. And wow. <laughs> so yeah, now this gets, I was kind of going off subject, but now it's got to the, this point. So then when I dropped out of college, um, first thing actually my uh, father does probably a couple of weeks later, he called up uh, some of the people that he was in business with that were he considered like some of his mentors mm -hmm. and reached out to him and said, Hey, this is what my son is doing. Do you want to go meet him? Um, think probably be a good conversation. So that's when I met first my mentor, uh, Steve, who I was lucky enough to live with um, in four months in the middle of Utah, but he's business partners with Kevin O'Leary. He's spoken to over a million people how to invest in the stock market. Wow. So if you, if you see like Kevin O'Leary 
advertising a bunch of events. Uh, my mentor, Steve, is actually the dude who speaks there. So <laughs> he has to convince people like why he's better than Kevin O'Leary. But uh, yeah, so then he was, his biggest thing is he's just um, knows what to do with his money. Mm-hmm. And really what I've learned from him is not limiting myself on, because when I started like, when we were living with him, I, I knew I was doing well. I knew what I needed to do well. My Amazon business, he knows nothing about selling on Amazon, but I was telling him the margins and the ROIs I was getting on my stuff. He was like, we need to take this to the next level. So that's when he started to introduce me about um, whatever, hedge funds and borrowing money from people and things of those lines. And pretty much what he wants to do with me is start a hedge fund where we bring in money from investors and we go buy stuff to sell it on Amazon or wow. another retail specific thing. So with him, he just opened up my mind to a whole another level that I would have never thought of. Um, but yeah, I went on a ramble a little bit, but hopefully oh, good. people got the, the under, under point for that. That's, that's huge. And, and the idea of leveraging other people's money is something that I don't hit on very much in the podcast, but it is really something that can allow you to take your business to the next level. So I, I don't know how far you are in that process, if that's really something like an idea you're still tossing around or something you've actually applied yet. But either way, just, just the idea of, of being able to, to utilize resources that aren't necessarily yours is, is a very, very powerful thing in business and, and can, like you said, really allow you to take your business to the next level. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, as well. Now, as you were growing this business, I'm, I'm assuming you, you didn't do it all on your own. So can you talk a little bit about uh, building up a team around you? And did you utilize like virtual assistants? Did you utilize like other like people you knew in high school? Or, or how did how did that look? Yeah, so pretty much my eBay and Amazon business, I would say 99.99% on my own. If I had to go for like a track me, I was like, hey, dad, can you like drop these packages off of the post office? That'll be the only help pretty much I would get, or I would tell like uh, my sister, like, "Hey, can you just go drop these off at the post office?" So, my online business of selling products, mm-hmm. pretty much ninety nine percent of me. I did start to get into virtual assistants um, a little bit when I started getting really busy. So I I have worked with a really solid virtual assistant. I just have one of them okay. uh, based out of the Philippines. So for my Amazon selling product side, that's really it. The great thing about it, specifically how I sell on Amazon is you really don't like. There's not a lot of uh, components to it, so you don't really need to have a lot of employees. Now, on the other side, uh, my educational course business mm-hmm. where I teach people how to sell products on Amazon, that is where I've learned a lot about building a team and that's actually where I've spent a lot of time on. Um, so with that, first start off with just myself, I literally took my phone, this isn't the same phone at the time, but I had an mm-hmm. iPhone 7 and just filmed on my phone um, and just made YouTube videos. So I, yeah, because first off, I'll, I'll get into the YouTube channel now. So All right. <laughs> started, um, watching people about selling stuff online when I was in my senior year of high school and keep in mind, I've been whatever, selling products online for a very long time. So yeah. I would say I overall know what I'm doing and I figured, okay, these people are, they're teaching people. They probably know what they're doing. Right. So started listening to some people that were doing or selling Amazon and eBay and they were saying things and promoting business models that I know personally are not, good for most people just because I've done them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just kind of, I was just watching stuff like this stuff is garbage. Like yeah. these guys are not promoting the right thing. So, I mean, I kind of have a pretty big ego, which I don't know, people <laughs> may or may not know, but like I, I saw people doing that. I was like, okay, I'm literally just going to make some videos. I Googled how to fucking make a YouTube channel. I'm sorry. Pretty much Googled on how to make a YouTube channel and like got my iPhone seven, posted some YouTube videos, pretty much calling out these guys and the business models and, literally had no intention to coach anybody, no intention to sell a course or products or anything like that. And then pretty much got some attention 
um, pretty quickly from people saying, whoa, how are you, what are we selling this way? And like, that actually makes a lot of sense of what you're saying. I was like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense because I actually make money selling products online. These guys, <laughs> I would definitely show them my, your accounts because I doubt they're making any money. So then a bunch of people started to reach out to me to work with them one-on-one. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, eh, I don't really have time to, I'm going to Pepperdine University to run. I'm pretty busy in my business. Yeah. I don't really want to coach people one-on-one. Um, and then more and more and more people started to reach out to me. I was like, okay, give it a shot. So I uh, worked with a couple of people, got them success. And then two, whatever, one month down the line, I was actually to the point where I was pretty much spending my entire day running and doing coaching calls um, and pretty much filled up my entire time. I was like, well, how do I make this scalable? Mm -hmm. So that's when I just created a course kind of naturally. And because so I could reach more people. So mm -hmm. I created a course. Um, as I actually was at Pepperdine when doing the track and everything and running, um, I was finishing up the course. I wasn't really able to finish much of it because when I was at Pepperdine, I literally had no time to do anything. Yeah. Um, but as that time finishing up the course, um, and then dropped out of Pepperdine a few days later, August 23rd, launched my course, um, did very actually well on the very first day, sold $8,000 of it, wow. uh, off an extremely awful webinar. Um, so, <laughs> I, so I did a, I did a webinar and I didn't know how to get get it set up i had a failure that's for sure and cool. wasn't live i had to send people <laughs> to a different webinar then i finally got them on the right webinar and then i sent them the offer to the course and then it was the wrong link and then the <laughs> link then the link wasn't working then i got them the right link and then they couldn't check out because i didn't have the payment set up so i sent people oh, man. So then i sent people a paypal link and then it only worked for one person so and i still somehow did eight thousand dollars on the webinar i was like jesus christ how did I don't know what I did. So then I spent a lot of time figuring out webinars and things like that. But that's, that's how it got started. Okay. So that's how it got started. And pretty much, um, I would say I was a one man show from quite some time. And then I realized, holy crap, I'm spending a lot of time on answering emails and making videos and doing all yeah. this stuff. I was like, really need to start reaching out to people. Um, so that's when I was like, dad, Hey, do you want to work for me? Like you understand what I've done this Amazon business. Can you start answering um, some questions for me? Um, so that's when he started doing it a little bit on the side and then eventually pretty much got him full time and then also doing more and more stuff with my Amazon and eBay business. But then I uh, started reaching out to people who could manage my website. Um, that was really successful. Found people in the ClickFunnels group chat that was able to manage my website, send out emails for me, um, do my ads, do my copywriting. So just try to find a bunch of people for that. I've hired and fired a bunch of people throughout this process. I mean, be surprised at how many uh, social media managers or ad, <laughs> ad agencies that I haven't gone through. Um, so many copywriters and ad guys, but I finally have a pretty solid team today where I have someone that runs my YouTube ads, someone that runs my Facebook ads, um, a guy who sends out my emails, um, and another guy who handles like my funnels and website, uh, have a support team as well too, to answering uh, student questions. And then, uh, that's probably about it for that. And then also, um, I actually live in a house with two employees of mine, a videographer mm. and an editor. So that's really nice because um, for some reason, like a bunch of my friends in high school were photographers and video editors and things of those lines. So I actually had to go through a couple of friends. That was one thing I uh, found kind of challenging when I hired a couple of my friends was like, okay, uh, yeah, I get we're friends, but I'm trying to actually get stuff done. And I had to let it, one friend go. Um, but finally found a pretty good consistent videographer and film guy here and also have a like assistant with me full time at my house too. But uh so that's about it, but definitely a learning process on hiring and firing and getting the right team because when you're trying to do everything yourself, 
you want to make sure that everything's perfect. And yeah. if you're going to have someone else do a task, you want to make sure that it's something that you would do and it's adding value and saving your time and overall getting you a ROI. Cause I'm not going to pay someone if I don't think they're either saving my time, which ends up saving money or making more money. So a hundred percent. And one thing you mentioned sales funnels, and I really want to bring this up is you are the youngest, I believe, person to ever get the ClickFunnels 2 Comma Club award. Yep. Uh, can you talk a little bit about first what the award is? Yeah. So the Com or 2 Comma Club award in ClickFunnels is when someone does over a million dollars in a single funnel. Um, so if people don't know what a funnel is, pretty much like a process. Like if you don't know what a funnel is, start to go on YouTube, click on some ads yeah. or go <laughs> online, click on some ads, and now you're in a funnel of where you're whatever you have traffic, then you have processes and ultimately someone to buy a product. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when I started quick that's why I launched my course out. And so two comic clubs wouldn't do over a million dollars in a single funnel. Um, so I was lucky enough in a seven period time after I launched uh, my course, that I was able to two, hit the two comic club in it. And then I found out that I was the youngest guy, um, in it for me, like, yeah, it's a great, the two comic club, it's just kind of, I guess a milestone for me, but yeah, technically I'm the youngest member and the, he's done a million dollars through a single funnel. I bet someone will probably be younger and come up, but, uh, yeah. That's wild. So can you talk a little bit about the funnel that made you that million dollars and what that looked like? Yes. Yeah, so here yeah, it works. So I'm going to start with the traffic. So I make YouTube videos about selling on Amazon. So, um, that's the top of the funnel where I just make organic videos about how to sell products on uh, Amazon with, uh, so I make YouTube videos. I have an Instagram that I do stuff with, um, Facebook group, a uh, word of mouth. And then also I run ads on YouTube, mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram, um, which I'm finally starting to get that dialed in. But those are kind of the, where I'm getting the traffic. I mostly try to get, send people to my YouTube channel. Cause that's where they really start to get valuable information, really start to learn and get their business going and mm -hmm. on Amazon and they can choose. Okay. Yeah. You can start selling Amazon. You can watch my 200 plus YouTube videos, um, or you can buy my course. I mean, People have had success by just watching my YouTube channel. I've seen more people have a lot more success by my course. Um, but they do that. They get to know me um, and find out, okay, if they want to learn more, they can buy my course. So then I'll um, offer free webinars every single Monday and Thursday where I'll go over some very specific topics um, and content about selling on Amazon um, mm -hmm. through the business model that I do. Then at the end, if they want to buy my course, I give them a special offer. And then if they buy my course, they get in the course. Um, I also sell software and um, other sources that are related to selling on Amazon or helping other businesses like tax deductions and things of those lines. So I offer like a continuity plan um, that's like a membership that they can join and then also a software that they could uh, join as well too. And then I also now I'm doing events. So if mm. people love what they're doing, they're making money on Amazon and they want to kind of expand their business to or network with people. Um, I do large summits like every, uh, like three months or so. Um, that's what I'm just getting into now. So that's kind of the entire funnel of everything. That makes wow. Sense. And I mean, a lot of that is information products, right? Information yep. products or software. So those are going to be pretty high margin items. It sounds like. Yep. Correct. That's, yeah. So that's really the, solid. <laughs> the two comma club. Um, when I hit the, the we're a million mark, there was less than 50 K into ad spend. So, Wow. That's massive. That is, that is really, really massive. So how did you learn how to build funnels and, and use click funnels effectively? Was that just like trial and error or did you have a coach for that? Uh, definitely trial and error. And then also finding people who knew what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I tried doing it myself for the first few months and I, like I could do it, but then I realized, uh, I can go pay people 
um, to do it better. So it's pretty much finding the people who know how to do it and pay them for it. All right. I mean, that's, that's pretty solid. Any big like takeaways as far as like sales skills or click funnel skills that you learned from this process that you could share with our listeners, any like bite-sized information? I would say the biggest thing is if you sell information online, the biggest thing is just giving value to people. A lot of people think that um, you can't give away all your secrets and kind of it's the opposite mm-hmm. is true. Yeah. Uh, my mentor of mine, he'll, I mean, I've had my mentor of mine speak at my events. People are just blown away by the value they're giving him and it's worth, actually, I don't even know how much he's worth cause he won't tell me, but he like is just giving extreme value in which he doesn't really need to. Like he could keep all these secrets to himself. Yeah. So the biggest thing is just add value and add value in something that you know about, right? I mean, if you're an expert in something, there's probably people willing to pay for that knowledge. For me, I mean, there's not many people who spend so many years selling on eBay and Amazon like I did. Yeah. I was actually building it and actually doing legit. And then people would want to pay for that knowledge because if they can learn from me and get information like that's in my head, they're going to help grow their business. I mean, pretty much when I was building out my course, I was thinking to myself, okay, what would I pay for mm. if I was starting like, again, like we're from the very beginnings when I first started flipping yeah. things on eBay, like how, what would I pay for? And like, obviously just get extreme value out. It would take me to the point where I'm very farther down the line and speed up the process. Like, okay, I'm going to tell them all the mistakes that I've made and all the trial and error that I've done. So that's the biggest thing is add value in something that you are an expert in, um, and that you can add value to people's lives, which can break down to a lot of things. Um, but that's the biggest thing I would say, like, yeah, you can learn about selling better. You can learn about making a better funnel. I mean, obviously if, if even people look at my funnel, like I've had a lot of people say, yeah, your, your funnel is awful. Like this thing's gross. <laughs> we're, we're actually looking to improve on it. But the reason why it works so well is just because I've built such a solid following and like people have built trust with me and really like what I'm doing. And it's at the end of the day, that's more important than what it looks online, than what your, uh, all that stuff. So that's the biggest thing I would say. All right. That's, that's really solid. And yeah, I mean, I, my whole approach to, to really anything is just being value first and making sure that I'm giving as much as I possibly can before I even think of asking for anything. A lot mm-hmm. of people will go out there and they'll have built a following of like 500 people on Instagram and think they can go out there and sell a course to them without having given anything really at all. So, so being able to, to give a lot before you even think about asking for anything is, is a huge, huge deal. And anybody who's anybody knows that, that you do have to give a lot, um, starting out, especially. So I want to wrap the show up with some questions that I like to ask all of my guests. The first of which is what are you excited about right now? So this can be something in the sort of like global landscape. It can be something in, in online e-commerce that's, that's emerging. It can be something in your own business, but like, what are you excited about moving forward in 2019? Yeah. So I would say, um, I'll talk about two things, one personal side, selfish side, and then also just kind of in my business side. So I'd say the most thing that I would be excited for, like I'd say selfish wise, is just I'm just lucky enough to be young at this age and um, pretty much all the money I make, I just reinvest it back into things. I would yeah. say the great thing and one thing hopefully people can take out of this, because not every single person can be an entrepreneur, I don't think, but every single person can be smarter with their money. Mm. Um, and I mean, with me, I've just been lucky enough to never spend a bunch of my money and just reinvest it. So I'm excited about that. Just more and more money I'm put into it. I'm, I've learned a lot about investing and doing things the right way and really getting a better ROI on what you're doing. So that's great. But then the second thing I guess in my business that I'm extremely excited for is what I've kind of learned over the past year. Cause I've been very, very niche and specific that, okay, 
yeah, so I mean, selling on Amazon is very specific, but what I do is even more specific to yeah. a very specific business model. So I've been very, just very specific, just one thing over and over, over again, getting people great results. But then what I've also learned over the past year by connecting with other people, connecting with other mentors and experts in their field is that it's not just about selling on Amazon. There's mm -hmm. so many things in regards to estate planning and the credits and to investing in the taxes and things on those lines where all of these things can help your Amazon business. So yeah. something that I'm very excited about over the next year is kind of really introducing and meeting people and having my students connect network with other people, other experts that add value to them. Mm -hmm. um, Cause something I'll be doing at some of my events and that's pretty much our main goal is to just how can we add value and other things. Cause I know how to sell on Amazon, right? Yeah. But I don't know whatever the best way to get an estate planning, which I had just been getting that introduced to some of my mentors of mine. And I know how that can add a huge value to people's business. So that's mm -hmm. the thing that I'm most excited about this year um, is really, cause what it's doing is really just upping the person's, you could say life um, yeah. business and everything where it's just going to, not just teach them about selling on Amazon, but it's also going to provide them so many things that if they just learn this, where they're 10 xing what they're investing. So exactly, getting that holistic, well-rounded value and being able to to be highly specific in a certain field, but then also getting that supplemental uh, information that's going to help you propel yourself even farther just in life is is I think super super valuable. So I'm glad that you're you're focusing in on that stuff because that's 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 yep. huge. Exactly. Do you have any habits that have served you particularly well? These can be either business related or lifestyle related that have, that have helped contribute to where you are at right now. Yeah. So I would, I mean, yeah, habits are extremely important and always, I would say getting in a habit of creating new habits is probably the most important habit you can get into. Um, but with me, I mean, the one thing that I guess people struggle with selling or working online mm -hmm. is they don't like treat it like legit business. So one thing that I'm getting a huge habit of is always working in the same spot. Like right now I'm like my desk and lights. I'm actually sitting down right now. I messed up my back, uh, usually in a standing desk, but usually the standing doesn't matter. But um, <laughs> working at the same place each day, getting things done and tracking things. So mm. yeah, I'd say the most important thing is tracking things. So I actually have stuff down here of like pieces of paper where I'm writing down every single day on um, things that are important to my life. So health, exercise, business, um, certain key mm -hmm. in income, like metrics and anything that I think is important, mm -hmm. I will track it and physically on paper. I'm not going to do on notes or anything on those lines because mm -hmm. something I've actually, one of my mentors have taught to me is that if you track it, it will grow. Yeah. So like, cause I did this so much when I was a runner, I always try to relate things when I was a runner just because of the amount of ridiculous effort I put into it. But <laughs> when I was a runner, I was tracking everything and building such great habits where mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I, literally went to bed at the same time every day. I went to bed at 10 PM and woke up at 7 AM every single day. I tracked on the amount of calories I was eating. I was tracking on the nutrition and the foods. I was tracking on the amount of minutes I exercised, the amount of minutes I ran, how wow. I was feeling. I would track my heart rate every single day and do a bunch of small, very specific things that I know that, okay, if I improve this, will this help me run? Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Let me track it. So thinking anything that improves your business, track it, right? Or whatever you want to do, right? If you want to or become a better singer, want to become a better musician, write down the things that overall help you do that and mm -hmm. track it. So I think that's the biggest habit is track everything. Um, because then you can start to really see consistent growth. You realize, okay, well, I'm messing up on my sleep. And now this is messing up a bunch of things. Or I'm say, for example, I'm running and I ran 80 miles this week. And I consumed consistently whatever 140 ounces of water every single day but then these two days i only drink 60 ounces of water oh and now that's how i just got injured so 
tracking a lot of things can really help, especially when you're growing to prevent things to um, help grow and be consistent with it. So tracking is going to be very important for, so you're not messing up because habits are important. If you think about it, um, if you get 1% better a day, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a 37 X in a year's time. Yeah. <laughs> but on the, re- on the reverse end, if you get 1% worse a day, you're at 0% in a year. So if you are creating bad habits every single day and getting worse and worse and worse, because maybe you don't, you're not tracking it. So you don't know it mm-hmm. you worse and worse and worse. And years time you're at 0%. So maybe that's with your health with your business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, improving on what you're doing is important, but also not getting worse at something is extremely important too. Mm, completely agree. And just, yeah, keeping an eye on that stuff and really knowing what your key metrics are to be looking at and to be watching is, is huge because a lot of people don't even know what they should be monitoring in the first place. So they don't even know where to get started. But yeah, having that list of things that you are just constantly checking up on can be every single day and making sure that you are where you want to be on those different metrics. That's, that's super, super important. Now, I know you're out there producing a lot of content, but are, is there any content that you're consuming right now, whether that's books, videos, blogs, podcasts, uh, what kind of content, if any, are you consuming right now? Yeah, I always try to listen to something productive. Uh, so one habit that I have is actually, uh, I put a timer or a notification on my phone from the bed I have it sends me a notification at 9.15 that says, uh, time to get ready for bed, start to listen to something productive. So hmm. 9.15 or 9.15 p.m., I put on a podcast either. I really like to listen to Tony Robbins' podcast um, quite a bit. Um, also, listen to books. I probably have whatever, 30 books in uh, my house right now that, I'm, that are on the to-do list to read. So every single night, I spend 45 minutes on just listening to something productive. It can be a podcast from Tony Robbins or Ty Lopez or um, James Clear or listening to some type of book. Mm-hmm. Um, anything productive that I think adds value to me that I'll just try to take in. So, so you mentioned, um, nine 15. So I'm assuming that means you go to bed pretty early and you wake up pretty early. Yeah. So go to bed at 10, um, t- attempt to wake up or, or I go between 6am to 7am. The thing with me over the past few months, I've been pretty busy traveling in different time zones and that's mm-hmm. kind of something I'm actually really working on, but yeah, I try to go to bed at 10 every single night and wake up at six. So, wow. That's solid. That's solid. Do you find you get a lot more done in the mornings? Yeah, I would say, I mean, with me, um, definitely a pretty rare species where I'm willing to put, put in a 14, 15, 16 hour a day and just get things done. So sometimes that can mess up my sleep schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think in the mornings when other people are not up, I definitely feel like I'm pretty more productive where there's less distractions going on, things going on. So I, yeah, that's for sure. Hmm. Uh, one thing that I'm very interested in with other business owners is the things they do that don't scale. So personally, I will send anywhere between five to 10 video DMs a day to just random followers, just thanking them for for sticking around and, and telling them that I appreciate them. And that's something that isn't inherently scalable. Like I can't copy and paste that a thousand times and send that to a thousand people. Yeah. Um, so do you, is there anything that comes to mind when I say that, that, that you do that isn't scalable and is something that you couldn't like replicate a thousand times? Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I would say is because how I've really built, I'd say business, which at the same time, I would say it wasn't, it was more of a promotion. So more of a hustle in my yeah. course of educational business is building a following with, um, my uh, audience. So I would respond to every single YouTube comment, respond to every single Instagram message. Now I'm at the point where I'm, I mean, I try to respond to every single Instagram message, but I can't, yeah. Yeah. uh, I can't respond to every single YouTube comment. That's for sure. So that right there is not scalable. Um, so work on things on those lines. I think, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can probably re-implement to try to make it more scalable, but things on those definitely is not scalable. Um, 
I'm definitely learning that some forms of online advertisements are sometimes not scalable. So I have to change things up, get into different audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, with, with a lot of things, there's definitely a finite point, but I would say just specifically with me is trying to really connect with my audience, understand that, okay, yeah, I mean, I care every, <laughs> care pretty much about every single person who follows yeah. me, but can't do that. But in other ways, doing live streams and events, able to scale that. So yeah. Exactly. And people see that they appreciate that. And they know that it's you being genuine when you are able to respond to them. So that's, that's a huge, huge impacting factor on anybody that does reach out to you. So I think that's, that's really big trying to make that a priority. Uh, Last thing I want to finish with is just where can people go if they want to find out more about you, if they've been enjoying all this value that you have been dropping on our listeners today, where can they go to follow up with you? Yeah. So a great way to find me and hopefully by the time people listen to this, I I finally have my book out. Um, had an issue with a publisher. So I'm actually have to self publish it or find a different publisher. So hopefully you can go on Amazon and search Bo Crable and hopefully find my book. Um, wow. Hopefully that's soon. But um, if not, you can go to my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com backslash Bo Crable. I have a bunch of content there. Um, I have an Instagram as well too, at Bo, pretty much all my social media is at Bo Crable. So that's B-E-A-U-C-R-A-B-I-L-L. And I mean, if you're interested about selling products online, then that's the place to go. Um, and so yeah, that's what I would say you could go to. Sounds good. And I'll be sure to link those links up along with all of the information that we mentioned in the show, in the show notes for this episode. So feel free to check those out. If there's anything that we talked about that you want to, um, get a quick refresher on Uh, last thing, Bo, do you have any words of wisdom or any final closing thoughts that you want to share with our listeners today? Yeah. So I would say the biggest thing, um, since typically the people listening to this are typically younger Mm -hmm. is, as you're whatever growing up, kids in high school, middle school, whatever it is, um, keep in mind that being an entrepreneur, doing what you want to do is definitely not going to be normal. I mean, I, my senior year of high school, I did not have a social life. Mm. My probably end of the junior year, I didn't. I mean, I had a lot of friends. I would say whatever popular guy, but I had to decide, okay, do I really care about what my friend Joe thinks or my girlfriend yeah. Sally thinks, right? So I definitely understood at a young age that I could care less about people's opinions. So something that I would um, encourage people to do is reevaluate on, do you really care about these people's opinions? Try to Mm. think like at the end of the day, whether you're 40 years old, 50 years old, who do you actually want to impress? It's probably not your friends at (laughs) all. Um, So understand that. So when you're doing things and going down entrepreneur routes and listening to people like me, um, keep in mind is that, most people are gonna be like, what are you doing, right? But then when you start making a bunch of money and you're having success, those same exact people are probably gonna reach out to you and remember that, okay, yeah. they were the ones making fun of you at that point. So keep that in mind that people are only gonna care about when you're having success, but as of right now, you're going through the process and the uh, progression. People are gonna think you're weird and look down upon it. I mean, you'll probably have parents that uh, will probably look down upon it. What I actually tell a lot of people is that I think probably the lowest chances of having success is probably a suburban kid who's never struggled in his life has a parent has two parents and um, has everything paid for and never struggled before. I mean, I tell this to my assistant every single day. He's literally the exact example where I tell people that you have the least amount of uh, chance to have success because you've never struggled in your life. He's a best friend of mine, one of a group since sixth grade, but both his parents are teachers, Mm -hmm. um, had whatever, doesn't probably never really struggle his entire life. And probably a lot of people listening to this may be in that situation, but I would say, I don't know where I'm going off this tangent, but <laughs> understand that definitely the things that you're going to do is going to be different and don't fall along many people's routes. I have a lot of, I have a very diverse amount of friends. I have some friends that 
or get drunk every single weekend, going to party schools and getting 50K into debt every single year. Mm -hmm. I also have friends that are 30, 40 years old that I'm listening to mentoring advice and things of those lines. So I definitely like listening to the older people that actually know what they're doing better. So definitely just understand that you're going to be different going down this route and try to care less what people think about you. Mm, 100% could not agree more. That was a huge, huge value bomb. And you've been dropping those throughout the entire podcast. Bo, thank you so much for your time, man. I really do appreciate it. And I'm so thankful that you chose to spend it here with our listeners today. Thank you very much, Apple. All right. So if you guys have been tuned into Young Smart Money for a while, you might be sick of me telling you at the end of these shows to leave a rating and review and subscribe to the show. If that's the case, that's great because I have a new call to action for you. If you haven't yet done that first one, make sure you do pull out your phone, whatever you're doing, leave us a subscribe and a rating and review on iTunes. It means the world to me and it helps us get in front of even more people with this message that we are spreading here on Young Smart Money. But my new call to action for you is that I have a, it's a blog and a course review site. Okay. So it's kind of like the Yelp of online courses. It's called the online course examiner. That's just onlinecourseexaminer.com. And what it basically allows you to do is to compare different online courses in different subjects, whether that be Amazon FBA, Shopify dropshipping, social media marketing. You can compare all these different courses from all these different instructors and see which one is going to be the best fit for you based on seven different criteria that I use when I personally go through and vet all of these courses, basically see which ones are most valuable and share those with you. So if you guys are interested at all in online courses or considering investing in yourself through an online course, definitely go check that out. Again, that's onlinecourseexaminer.com. It's kind of like the Yelp of online courses. And it's really going to help you compare and contrast all these different courses from a lot of the creators that you already know out there and maybe even some creators that you haven't even heard of yet that are doing really, really amazing things. So guys, definitely don't forget to check that out. And don't forget to uh, subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and review in iTunes. It really does mean a ton. And uh, just have a wonderful day, guys. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, spend it here with me on Young Smart Money. And I hope you guys have a very, very wonderful day wherever you are. If you're walking the dog, if you're going to the gym, if you're, I don't know, whatever you're doing, traveling while you're listening to this podcast, wherever you are, have a wonderful day and I'll see you tomorrow.